It is Wednesday, January 18th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Coaching news around the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers back to mulling his future. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Chargers fire their offensive coordinator after their playoff meltdown. Jim Schwartz back in the NFL, the defensive coordinator of the Browns now. And the Lions will keep Ben Johnson, much to the chagrin of some other teams. What is the Vegas lead? I guess coaching news in general is the Vegas lead. We also have to talk about this Aaron Rodgers because what a piece of work this guy is. It's going to be – it's like an every year thing now. Boy, he's starting to feel a lot like – I'm going to finish my career with the Packers. Nine months later. I just got to decide if I want to be here or I want to be somewhere else. You know, else. he's starting to feel a lot like the quarterback he replaced in in Green Bay, right? Yeah, except a little less like stealing from poor people and a little more just like petulant and self-absorbed. Yeah, but I bet he looks great in a pair of Wranglers. Oh, yeah. So let's... Aaron, I, I would guess Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has never worn Wranglers in his life. Let's start with uh, some news hirings around the NFL, firings around the NFL. The big uh, story, and we'll start with your Chargers, AJ. <laughs> Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, is out. They also fired their quarterback coach as well. Does this make you feel... Like Brandon Staley stays. It kind of does, unfortunately. Um, Shane Day is the quarterback's coach that got fired, by the way. Yeah, I mean, when you – it seems like they're saying, well, this is all on these guys. This is the classic move for a head coach. Someone has to take the fall. Head coach is on the hot seat. The classic move is you've got a pawn to push in front of you, or I guess an OC wouldn't necessarily be a pawn. You've got a rook to push in front of you, and you let them take the fall, and you live to live to see another move. So here's what I think this is a precursor to. It is a precursor to Brandon Staley getting fired after a 1-3 start next year. I could see that. Because doesn't it remind you of, like, Joe Brady was the first domino to fall in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then it became, and then Matt Rule lost his job, yeah. right? So it, it's, it, okay, you're going to fire Joe Lombardi. Well, Brandon Staley is going to be next. But remember, in Carolina, I mean, it was like full-blown disaster. Like, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but I'm talking about, like, he, he was fired before this season. Yeah. And then Matt Rule gets fired in this season. So that's, that's what I think this is leaning towards. I don't think that if the Chargers get off to a rocky start, I think Brandon Staley could be out of a job midseason. I could see that. Um, but, again, th- this that's th- that's sort of the – and when I said yesterday they need to move on from Brandon Staley because their talent is too good to waste on a mediocre coach, a, a mediocre at best coach, that's sort of the problem with having so much talent. Guys like Justin Herbert are, are very rarely going to – they're not going to have many one-in-four streaks in their careers. That's true. Like, it, it, would, it, would, sh- it would shock me. If Brandon, if the Brandon Staley started the season one and four, unless Justin Herbert they, was hurt, yeah, they started the season one and two this year. Yeah, and one of those was to the Chiefs. Yeah, in a close game mm-hmm. that Justin Herbert got hurt in. 
Um, okay, if they have the same start this year or next year, and they have a loss like they lost to the Jaguars in week three, 38-10, I don't think he survives. Yeah, and I sort of forgave him for that loss because I knew Justin Herbert was— But you can't forgive him. I'm saying you can't forgive him— Next year. If he's healthy. Brandon Staley is coaching every game for his job next year. He should be. He absolutely should be. But here's the problem with that. Uh, If you fire somebody in week three or four, now you've got an interim coach for the rest of the year. Well, this is is the important thing. Who do they bring in as offensive coordinator? Yeah, the time to get a good coach is in the offseason. That's when— This is what I'm saying. If the next offensive coordinator for the Chargers— is a former head coach, is someone with gravitas in this league, that is a bad sign for Brandon Staley. Because then it becomes very easy to let go of of Staley and give the head coaching job to, you know, the, 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 the offensive coordinator. Like, let me ask you something. If Frank Reich gets hired as the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, that's a bad sign for Brandon Staley. That's a bad sign for Brandon Staley. Yep. That's like, dude, you make one mistake, we are easily firing you and giving the job to Frank Wright. Yeah, that that would be a bad that'd be a bad uh, bad sign for yeah, him. Now, if they hire like Nathaniel Hackett, I'm not worried about Brandon Staley's job. I'm not either. <laughs> but here's the deal: the Chargers, if they were to say, "Hey, we've got a head coach opening now." They have the most appealing head coach opening of all the head coach yes, openings. which is why I've been saying all along that that's Sean Payton's next job. Because if you look at all the jobs available right now, the Chargers job is the best job. Now's the they time have the to best make your roster. Move they have the best roster. They have the best quarterback. On a rookie deal, mind yes. you. Yes. It, it's, it's the best job out there. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the downside to waiting is now you – you know, now you're saying, well, we're gonna we'll see where we are week four or five next year, and if we start out slow, we'll look for something. But now you don't have the advantage of like having all the candidates available. Mm-hmm. It, it's a weird, it's a weird. It's almost like, hey, we need to just say, do do we really think he's the answer? And if you if you think Brandon Staley's the answer, they know better than I do. You know, if if they really believe Brandon Staley is, has an up arrow next to his name, I don't see that up arrow. I'm on the outside, but in my opinion, you're you're spinning your wheels with this guy, and you're there's no way you can look at this roster and go, "Yep, this should be a uh, this should be a first round exit team if they make the playoffs." Like it's just not, the roster's too good for that. So where else can you look? You, you look at the coaching. Mm-hmm. If, if if the roster's great and you still are mediocre, why? And it, I mean, I guess maybe the roster isn't great. You could argue that. I think that's what RJ would argue. He doesn't seem to think Justin Herbert is that great. <laughs> and then that's fine. Everybody's got their opinions. I'm of the belief that this is a pretty great roster. I agree. Uh, with you. You've got two top end wide receivers. You've got one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, you've got a, an elite pass defense. You know, you've got guys like Derwin James. You've got Bosa. Like these are solid building block pieces for a great defense. The roster is good enough to compete. And the fact that they have disappointed now, I mean, even before Brandon Staley, tells me they just haven't found the right guy to guide this thing, and you're wasting your time. Uh, You are wasting your time. And I think, 
Keep an eye on who they hire, like I said, as the offensive coordinator, because that's going to tell you a lot about the job stability for Brandon Staley. Uh, The Titans hired a general manager, and he comes from the San Francisco 49ers. Ron Carthon, who is the director of player personnel, I believe, for the 49ers, now becomes the general manager of the Titans. And I don't know anything about the guy. doesn't matter. It's a smart move. Exactly. (laughs) If you're the director of player personnel for one of the best rosters in the NFL— yeah, if I'm, reaching, if I'm reaching across the fence to pluck an <laughs> apple off somebody's tree, 49ers tree is a good a good tree to pluck an apple from. They seem to do everything right. Uh, one of the, the best organizations year in and year out in football. So, yeah, I, it's a good move. And, you know, the Titans are one of those things that they have in recent years, I think, overachieved based on their talent, on like kind of the anti-Chargers. Mm-hmm. Imagine if the Chargers had Mike Vrabel. Like, uh, imagine the tr- – like, Mike Vrabel's a guy getting a lot more out of a mediocre roster than yes. he should be. Yeah. And you brought this up about Brian Dable. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. So, this is uh, – the Titans bringing in this guy to to get some better personnel, get some better groceries for Mike Vrabel. Uh, this is a good move for the Titans. Jim Schwartz becomes the new defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. And this is a Browns roster that's really good, especially on defense. And now with a guy in Jim Schwartz who, you know, his name carries a lot of weight around the NFL. He's been successful as a defensive coordinator. He was probably most successful as when he was the Eagles defensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. Um, But, you know, head coach of the Lions for a couple of years, uh, had some other stints, Buffalo, he was there for a while. Well, when he was in Buffalo, I remember when they – he was there the year before they hired Rex Ryan. And when Rex Ryan came in, I said, oh, no, they're going to fire Jim Schwartz. Mm. And Jim Schwartz had been great, and they fired Jim Schwartz. And Rex Ryan put – he wanted to have his hands on the defense – and didn't get better. Uh, I think Jim Schwartz is an excellent coordinator. Um, not a not a great head coach. No, he, he, but a very listen, good coordinator. What I will say about his head coaching career is it's the Lions. It, it was the Lions, yeah, yeah and, it, and it was the Lions in an era where nobody was winning with the Lions. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like say, well, throw throw him out with the bathwater. It just doesn't work. He's not he's not that guy. But. <sighs> He, I think the best case scenario for him is to be a defensive coordinator. I think this is a good move because the Browns are a uh, they're a roster that's very good. Win now, and the the team itself, particularly the defense, for, uh, up until late in the season was massively underachieving. It's like what is going on with these guys? <laughs> How do you have all these great players and your defense stinks? How are you the worst team in the league against the run? And I think bringing in a guy like Jim Schwartz is a great move for this team who, if Deshaun Watson is that guy, like if he can turn the corner, this is a team that's going to compete for the playoffs pretty quickly. Let's have some fun with some offshore odds on next coaches for teams. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you the top three candidates for each job. You tell me if it's going to be one of these three or another name. Okay. All right. First one. Next head coach of the Denver Broncos. The favorite, Dan Quinn. <sighs> He's currently the Cowboys defensive coordinator. Second favorite. Talk about a guy who's been a, a great coordinator and mm-hmm. a, a failure as a head, co- a head coach. Dan yep. Quinn is that guy. I, I wouldn't want Dan Quinn, but okay. Let's... All right. The second favorite is Sean Payton. No need to say more. Yeah. The third favorite is David Shaw, Stanford coach. I'll 
can I can I just say if the Broncos hire one of those three guys, I think the Broncos fail. I, I, I shouldn't say that. If they fire one of the first or the first or third, if they hire Sean Payton, great. I, Sean Payton's not going to the Broncos. This is a horrible situation for Sean Payton. All right. The fourth favorite is their current defensive coordinator, who's uh, they offered I, him the Ivero, job and he passed. Ivero, yeah, okay. They offered him the job and he was like, "No, I'm good." And then Jim Caldwell is the the next favorite. Okay. Jim Caldwell maybe deserves another shot at some point. All right, the Cardinals now. The favorite is Vance Joseph. Interesting. That is interesting. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's a, it's a hire from within, you yeah. know? So uh, I still remember that Monday night game, the international game, with the, that, that reporter, rookie reporter. Vance Joseph having the time of his life. <laughs> but, uh, Vance Joseph, the current defensive coordinator now for the Cardinals. So it would be. A higher within. Second, I, I, and the reason why I say that wouldn't surprise me, presumably, that would be a cost-effective option. Yes. And, and you are paying Cliff Kingsbury, yes. so you might as well <laughs> so save some money. you got to save some money mm-hmm. somewhere if you're Arizona. Uh, second favorite is Sean Payton. Again, no need to say anything else. Third favorite, Brian Flores. I've, I, I'll sell, tell you this. If I had an opening, Brian Flores would definitely be a call because Brian Flores, I think, was unfairly fired in Miami. Um, I, I think you you see that this that team was close a year ago. They add Tyree Kill. It, like it's not like there was some sort of magic brought it. You brought in a, the best wide receiver in the league. Okay, you got better, but Brian Flores was knocking on the door already. Um, he's a guy I believe in. He's a guy that I would want to be a head coach. And it seems like after the Miami thing, most people are talking about him as getting a defensive coordinator job. But I, I'd be perfectly willing to make him a head coach again. All right. Then the uh, next favorite is Shane Bowen, who is the DC for the Titans. Mm. All right. All right. Eh. All right. The Colts. D'Amico Ryans is the favorite. Yeah. I, I, I heard that D'Amico Ryans, like the Texans called D'Amico Ryans, and he was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the team that he like he came up with. Yeah. And he's just like, nah, I'm all right, man. Um, I, I, I think D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan, again, if I'm reaching over somebody's fence and grabbing an mm-hmm. apple off their tree, it's a pretty good tree. So I, I like that that hire. The second favorite can now be wiped off the board. The second favorite was Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator, who yesterday informed the Lions that he's going to stay in Detroit. So. Yeah, Ben Johnson and uh, Jim Harbaugh, two names that were kind of kicked around with a lot of teams over the last couple of weeks. Staying removed, in the state of Michigan. Been, have been removed from the, <laughs> the mix because they both decided to go back to their current jobs. Uh, so it's like musical chairs. Like mm-hmm. that, That's two less, two, two fewer quality candidates than yep. there were. And the next favorite is Eric Bieniemy. I'll believe it when I see it. Should be on everybody's list, but still has never gotten a job. I'll believe it when I see it. He doesn't interview well, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Whatever that means. Next Panthers head coach. The favorite was Ben Johnson. Not anymore, obviously. Shane Steichen is the current now favorite. That's the Eagles offensive coordinator. Yeah. This is Carolina, right? Yep. It's hard for me to see if Shane Steichen fits with them because I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. I guess you've you've got some options there, but um, he's a name that it feels like was really hot for a minute, mm-hmm. and suddenly it's like oh, maybe not. And I don't really I, I don't know the intricacies of why or why you know why he was hot or why he's not as hot as he seemed a couple weeks ago. But 
that seems like a name that I was hearing a lot at the beginning of this cycle. Yeah. And I'm not, not hearing as much, as much now. now. All right. The next name I think gets the job. Steve Wilkes. He did a good job as the interim coach. That team was one win away from making the playoffs. And I honestly think that if the Panthers got into the playoffs instead of the Bucks, and they were the ones hosting the Dallas Cowboys, they put up a much better fight. Well, Anybody I mean, would put I, up I a much better saying, fight. I, but you, listen, with the way that they run the ball, I think they would have put up a better fight. Yeah, I think the problem with Steve Wilkes is you eventually have to say, okay, well, what's your record? And it ain't good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a, a failed I don't know if you want to even call it a, a run a in Arizona, but it it, it didn't work for him. Um, I don't know. It's a guy who he's he's been around for a long time, a lot of different places. He, it, I've said this before. If you're a guy who's like bouncing from team to team every year, and it's for the same job mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. like oh yeah, I'm the DB coach here. Now I'm the DB coach here. Now I'm the DB coach here. That's usually not a great thing. Because usually if you're really good at that job, teams want to keep you or promote you from within. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not sold that he's the guy, but he's been he's he's been in Carolina for a long time. Now he was it's been two separate stints. Um, but maybe he's a guy who, you know, the 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 fan base and the ownership trust. I, I don't really know. I don't see him as being a, a great head coach. And it just feels like the upside for him is about as limited as any any coach you could possibly hire. Like, sure, this might what we just saw might have been the best. Might have been the see. best version, yeah. Okay, the Texans. The favorite is Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. I don't know who's going to take this job. I, I think that. Do you think they go with a defensive coach or an offensive coach? No, I think it'll be a defensive coach. But I also think that. Well, that eliminates the next two candidates. It, well, unless it's Sean Payton. If Sean Payton says yes, <laughs> no. then it's, it's well, Sean Payton. Sean Payton gets any job he wants. Yeah. But I believe that the the coach who takes this job is going to be one of two guys. He's going to be a Steve Wilkes type, a guy who's like at the end of his rope. They're, they're, they're like, this is probably the last chance he'll ever get to be a head coach. There's no one really on that on this favorites list that would really. Or. You know. Wait, Raheem Morris, or? or it will well, he would fit that mold. Yeah. Or it would be a guy who Leslie Frazier has never had a job before, and is about to be a head coach for the first time. Like and it's Mike, a, like Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka would be a good fit for that. Yeah. So this is a a, a job that any like I can't imagine Sean Payton says, yeah, you know what, let's do this thing. I mean, I, there's some parts of it that are appealing. You got a lot of draft capital. You you've got a ton of cap space, yeah. um, but. Your roster's shit, and this is a full-blown rebuild. There's like you don't really have anything of note to build around. Even it's a, it's really kind of an unfortunate situation. So I think they're gonna it's gonna be one of those jobs where you like when they hired David Cully. No one else was offering David Cully a head coaching job. Yeah. No one else was saying, "Hey, Lovey Smith, would you like to be our head coach?" It's one of those guys, or. It's a, a Mike Kafka, a guy who's like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I just got to get my foot in the door and see what I can make happen. All right. Here's some other fun uh, odds that you can find offshore as I get these emails every day. They're fantastic. Will Tom Brady retire? Yes is plus 110. The no is minus 150. I tend to lean yes. Okay. Now there's a second part of this equation. Okay. Will Tom Brady retire and then unretire? The yes is plus 700. The no is minus 2,000. 
I think I'm. Te- I can't see him doing it again. He I just did it this offseason. Yeah, How does he do, do it again? He can't do it again. And that's the other. Was the first bet? If I said yes, he'll retire, and he announces his retirement. Do I? Do I get paid? Not if you bet the second bet. Only, I'm only betting the first bet. Oh, then yeah, I would get paid off. Yeah. Oh, so oh, you're saying like so if he unretires the like do they, yeah. do you have to do you have to wait? Does the bet only pay out at the start of next season? Yeah, I want to get paid out the day he has announced his announcement. The day he announces on Instagram, yeah, that he's retiring. Yeah, I, I don't. That's tough. Okay. Um, well, let's say let's say he does play next year. Tom Brady next team, and in parentheses, if it's not the Buccaneers, obviously, the favorite is the Las Vegas Raiders. You and I talked about this uh, yesterday. That's show. a favorite that makes sense. Yes, good roster, a head coach who he knows the offense. Whatever. Isn't it crazy that like six weeks ago, the 49ers probably would have been the second favorite on this list? Well, yeah, not anymore. Not with Brock. <laughs> uh, the Jets are the second favorite. I can't see it happening. I really can't. The third Playing favorite. Playing the Patriots twice a year. Well, here's, nah. the, here's the third favorite. The New England Patriots. No. Not unless Belichick's gone. Wow. You don't think he would go no. back and play one more year for Belichick and no. just give it one more run? I think that they had their time and they like they needed to part ways, and it was the best for both of them. So, it worked out better for Tom Brady so far. Well, sure. But, and, and that was the question. Who was going to, you know, who was, was it the chicken or the egg? I think the answer is not. It's, it's, it's neither. It's the chicken and the egg together. Here, well, I mean. Unless you want to say. The chicken won one without the egg. Eh, like, but eh. here's the thing, though. If Tom Brady comes back and wins with Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. then the narrative is Bill Belichick needs Tom Brady to win. Tom Brady doesn't need So Bill you're Belichick. saying it's a lose-lose for Belichick. First of all, Tom Brady's not going to win anything anymore. Tom Brady's he's not good anymore. Um, I I honestly don't know. If, if you said both guys play next year, who's better, Mac Jones or Tom Brady? I think it's like almost a coin flip. I don't know. We talked about this last night. The Brady had a good year this year as far as stats go. No, we had a good year as far as PFF goes. Yeah. Stats, meh. Yeah. PFF, like the in Which tells me that he I, can listen, still I make give those guys a lot of respect, but they're great in play. It tells me he makes good decisions and he can still make the throws. He's not gonna run away from anybody. We know that. Think about this. Is was his roster better in Tampa or would it be in New England? Oh, it's much better in Tampa. But of course. what if he goes back to New England and Gronk on retires? Gronk ain't gonna fix all this. Like this is a bad offense. There's no good pieces of this. Uh, Jacoby Myers, your number one. Off- like <laughs> what? No, I, remember, I, I can't go with that. Remember when they drafted Nikhil Harry and they're like, oh "We got God. our guy." <laughs> all right, here's here's the last one I'll ask you, and we'll go over the odds here. And it's an interesting favorite on top of the list. Lamar Jackson's next team, if it's not the Ravens. Oh, okay. The Patriots are the favorite at four to one. Makes some sense, kind of. Um, it's the type of offense that Belichick would, you know, would run, right? Where, where on the Just list? Just play defense and run the football. Where on the list are the Atlanta Falcons? Third favorite. That's one I'd be interested in. Where on the list are the, the Tennessee Titans? Mm, all the way down the list at eight to one. That one would interest me some. So it goes Patriots are the favorite. The Jets are the second favorite at plus 450. The Jets in the answer. Okay. Falcons are plus 550 or next. Then the Raiders at plus six fifty. Not the answer. Then the Bucks and Commanders, seven to one. Then the Titans, eight to one. Yeah, I think it's a team that understands understands commitment to the run. And Lamar, they've they've built this roster in a way that it's a it's a run 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 roster, mm-hmm. and you you throw a pass when it fits you. Tennessee's already built that way. 
all it adds is a second dimension of, of for Tennessee. Like now you've got a quarterback who can run. You know, who, if you're if you're paying too much attention to to Derrick Henry, now you've got a guy who can beat you with his legs too or his arm. Uh, and you, I mean, It'll imagine, be pretty dangerous. You'd have to stack the box against that team. You'd have to just dare so Lamar to throw. If you're stacking the box and and you have to have a spy on Lamar, Lamar's going to be able to throw the ball. Uh, so I like that fit. And then Atlanta, really, it's kind of the success they had early in the season. A lot of it was with Marcus Mariota being able to run the ball a little bit. That their offense was certainly committed to running the football, but they lacked that option to throw the football really down the field. I think Lamar gives them that. So I, I would say those are the two teams that would jump out to me. All right. I, let's, while we're having fun with futures, that's what I like to call this segment, fun with futures. Uh, I feel like it's a, a, a segment on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Fun with futures? <laughs> <laughs> we're terrible. Uh, <laughs> he was having fun with something else. Future, that's the magic word! All right, fun with futures here. The favorite to win the Heisman Trophy is who? And I will give you a hint. It is not Caleb Williams. I would guess Drake May. Drake May is correct. Drake May of North Carolina is the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. I haven't dug into any of these odds yet, um, and it's really hard to get down mm-hmm. any substantial amounts on this yet. Yeah. It's just fun to look at. It is fun to look That's at, why it's though. it's fun with futures. So my, I, I guess my, the guys that I would be curious about, uh, Michael Penix Jr. would be one. He's fifth. Okay. Uh, Jordan Travis is a he guy. Is third. Okay. Them, them, oh, God, man, all the guys I like are short. I'm going to give you one more. Mm-hmm. Sam Hartman is sixth. What's the number? 12 to 1. I was hoping for like 18. Well, you might. These I'm are, sure. These yeah, are, these are just offshore numbers. And you might. Once like the DraftKings of the world opens this, opens this up, you might get a, a, a high number on a Sam Hartman. The other one that you're missing is the fourth favorite is Bo Nix. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Bo Nix. I'll, I'll give you two long shots. How about okay. this? One would be Quinn Ewers. That would be twenty-five to one right now. The other one would be Joe Milton at Tennessee, twenty to one. Oh, he's shorter than uh, yep. than yours, huh? Okay, maybe not as much of a, a long shot as I thought, but okay, that's interesting. So I wasted money on a Cade Klubnik ticket last year. You're not doing it this year, right? Was it be? Let me guess. But is this year the year to do it? Because he's actually twenty-eight got the job. to one. No, he's short. What? Yeah. Did he, they not see him play? His uh, he is twenty-five to one. Listen, he's uh, he's he's pasty DJ. He like- <laughs> All right, you're you're ready. You're ready for the bet this year. Okay, give it to me. Now, no one's going to talk about him now, but they will be talking about him soon. Arch Manning. No. Okay. He's not even going to play. He's probably going to redshirt, right? I mean, that's what. Unless you think he beats out, he beats out yours. This is basically the same thing you said about, yeah, about Club Nick, Club Nick yeah. last year, right? And Club Nick should have beat out DJ. Eventually, he did. Just took Dabo way too long to figure that out. Anyway. Kyle McCord, who will be the Ohio State Buckeyes starting quarterback yeah. now that C.J. Stroud has declared for the NFL draft. That is something to pay attention it to. It is. It's smart. It's a, and listen, they're always going to be in the conversation, mm-hmm. uh, Ohio State quarterbacks. So 
that's not a bad one. I think Jaden Daniels at LSU is going to, he's yeah. up, up to have a big year as well. So fun with futures. Lots. Futures. <laughs> Go away. College hoops. Big day yesterday. Big day today. Allow me to vent for a moment, Scott. Um, sure. I suffered last night what I would consider to be a a pretty tough beat. I And I told you this game last night before we left the studio. I put it in last night and said, oh, I feel, I feel good about this one. It was Mississippi State was playing Tennessee, and I said Mississippi State team total under 58 and a half. Now, they scored 23 points in the first half. I bet you were feeling pretty, pretty good. Feeling pretty, pretty good. And I was also feeling pretty, pretty good when they were at the free throw line, down 13, 14 points at the end of the game. And they've got two shots coming. They've got 56 points on the board. I'm like, they're going to make these points. They're going to make these free throws. We're going to run out the clock and go home with a 58 and they made the first free throw. Now it's 57. They missed a second free throw. Oh, that's good. It was good for a moment until a player from Mississippi State pulls the ball off the rim and puts it back in. And That's goaltending. It is. And I was excited. I was like, oh, wave it off. <laughs> Except no whistle blew. And they Wait, didn't what? wave it off. And the score went up to 59 on my screen. And I said, wait a minute, that can't be right. Rick Barnes was losing. Now, mind you, they were up double digits in the waning seconds of the game. And uh-huh. Rick Barnes is losing his shit because he's like, how can you not call that goaltending? The rule in college is it's not reviewable. Goaltending's not reviewable if it's not called. If there's a whistle for goaltending, they can, they can review, review to see, see if, if it was, was. not. Yeah. But if it's not called, they can't review to see if goaltending happened on the play. There was no whistle, no call. The think, game lands. You think that ref had missed, 59. Think that ref had team total over? He had to. And Barnes <laughs> knew it. He's a, you, he's a you son of a bitch. I know what you played. I know what you played. How did our uh, unranked teams versus ranked teams or lower ranked teams that were favored over the higher ranked teams, how did they do? Uh, went pretty well last night with Texas falling by double digits to Iowa State. Bang, number, number 12 beats number 7. Hilton Good. Magic worked out. Um, the, the other ones we talked Kansas about, State beat Kansas, Kansas state, an outright winner in overtime, an incredible game, uh, there between Kansas and Kansas state. And then Baylor was Ooh, wake forest. Also, beat oh, yeah. wake, so that's, that's the one that I had to play on three, three, three of the lower ranked teams beat the, beat the higher rank. Yeah. Wake one, favored, I'm saying 87, 77, easy winner. Texas Tech, the lone uh, letdown here, and I kind of told you last night. Yeah, so, uh, let's, so let's blind, watch out for that one. So the blind system went three and one. Blind That's system, what you're went saying three and one? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, Houston, the number one team, they win eighty to sixty, win by twenty points, easy winner. And Alabama, guess, uh, fresh guess, off their what AJ? their criminal case, they win by twelve. We got the system play tonight. Oh, we got one tonight. West huh? Virginia is a two-point favorite at home Country against roads. number fourteen Take TCU. Um, I don't hate that. I never, I, I never want to play against TC or against West Virginia at home. It's a really tough road trip for anybody in the Big Twelve. So, 
again, I'm not into blind trends, <laughs> but I and there's another one on the board as well because Arkansas is at Mizzou and, and I'm Mizzou's a favorite, favorite, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, two point favorite. So. Oh boy, both those teams are winning tonight. You know that, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably so. Uh, other action, UConn is about a five-point favorite at Seton Hall. Uh, UConn, they, they're struggling all of a sudden. Uh, Virginia Tech at Virginia. Virginia favored by seven. You mentioned TCU at West Virginia. Uh, Auburn is at LSU. They are five-point favorites. Tiger on Tiger crime. Auburn is a five-point favorite, I should say. X going to give it to DePaul, apparently, uh, by eight points or more is what Vegas thinks. And that is at DePaul. Providence is at Marquette. Marquette favored by seven and a half. Marquette, I think, one of the better teams in the Big East, if not the best team in the Big East. Um, I don't know if I want to lay that big of a number, but Marquette, like Shaka Smart's defense is always strong. This year's offense is unbelievable. So I'm, I'm, I've got a little bit of a crush on this Marquette team. And then we mentioned Arkansas, a two point dog at the Mizzou Tigers. On the ice, uh, I gave out some winners on SOVAM yesterday. That was nice of you. We were talking about these games, and I laid it out. I said, hey, this is probably what's going to go down, and it did go down. Oilers got their revenge. They beat the Kraken. I had a three-star play on the over six and a half. It hit. Oilers win five to two. Talked about how scrappy the Blackhawks have been, even though they went down early 6-1 against the Kraken. They fought back, lost the game 8-5. They were scrappy against the Sabres. They score a goal with 55, 56 or so seconds left in regulation to tie the game, send it into overtime, and they win in overtime 4-3. to three. The Blue Jackets lose again. That wasn't a surprise. Uh, and then the Flyers just absolutely dominate the Ducks. How bad are the Ducks? Do you realize that when the Ducks get the number one overall pick, which they probably will, and they draft Connor Bedard, this roster is going to be absolutely loaded with some of the best young talent they suck? in the NHL because they're kids. Mason McTavish is 19 years old. Trevor Zegras is 21 years old. Troy Terry, he's the oldest one. Other, he's 25. But, like, think those three. What about Alds Adam Banks? They, he, he would probably be the best player on that team, actually, now. Uh, How old's Goldberg? Greg Goldberg. Well, he would be better than John Gibson because Gibson <laughs> stinks. Although I think Greg Goldberg's on meth now, so maybe not. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. But if they get Bedard, if they have the number one overall pick in the draft, this roster is one of the best young rosters in the NHL. So if 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 they can figure out the goaltending situation and who knows, maybe it's, it's going to have to be a, uh, a new coach. That, that can coach some of these uh, young kids. I mean, Dallas Eakins is there, but... They need a Brian Dayball. Yeah, I don't know, but this is a really, really young talent. This is a young roster, but if they get Bedard next year, they're going to be absolutely loaded. Let's take a look at the schedule tonight. Not many games, but there are some good ones. The Penguins are at the Senators. Pittsburgh is minus 125, and the Penguins just... Things just aren't going right for them lately, but they did beat the Ducks in overtime the other night, so uh, maybe carry some positive momentum into this one. The TNT uh, doubleheader game one is the Bruins at the Islanders. Boston minus 165. Uh, Boston does have the best record in the NHL. 34 wins, five losses, four overtime losses. That is 72 points. The second game of the doubleheader 
It's very good. Second game of the doubleheader is the Stars at the Sharks. Dallas minus 165. Dallas should be a heavier favorite in this one. I know minus 165 is a nice size favorite, but uh, I, the, the Sharks just don't play good defense. So I think the star I, I, I think the Stars are the right side in this one, and it'll probably close much higher than minus 165, especially if Ottinger is in net for Dallas. Avalanche are at the Flames. Calgary is minus 130, and the Lightning at the Canucks. Tampa Bay, minus 178. What's it, going on in NBA action? Yeah, last night the Bucks got a nice 130-122 win over the Raptors with no Giannis. Nets upset on the road at San Antonio, 106-98. Yeah, you shouldn't be losing to the Spurs. Uh, Nuggets win 122-113 at home against the Blazers. And the Sixers get one on the road at the Clippers. They were a short dog, and they win 120 to 110 in tonight's action you've got the whiz six and a half nobody point, beats the whiz six and a half point dogs at your new york knicks go Knicks. the atlanta hawks plus three at dallas the hornets catching two or excuse me laying two at the rockets boy the rockets hearing john wall talk about the state of the rockets is depressing john wall still playing in the nba no, okay. John Wall's doing podcasts now, talking shit about how bad it was when he was with the Rockets and oh. how how, uh, how nonsensically broken that team is. The Heat, one and a half point favorites at the Pelicans. Ooh, now this is a tough one. This is my Cavaliers from this year. Yeah, last year I had one preseason bet, the Grizzlies. Okay, so my team from this year versus my team from last year. Ooh. Cavs, my Cavs catching seven and a half at my Grizzlies. What's the total in that game? Well, that's a good question. Uh, let me pull that up. Uh, Cavaliers, that's 222 and a half. Over. Okay. All the points? All the points. John Morant got drug tested yesterday. Because he's scoring too many points. Yeah, they can't stop him. Can't stop, won't stop. Pacers can't stop, won't stop being four-point dogs at the Thunder. And the Clippers are six-and-a-half-point dogs at the Jazz. The Timberwolves catching eight-and-a-half in Denver. And Scott's Sacramento Kings, four-and-a-half-point dogs at or at the Lakers. Four-and-a-half-point favorites at the Lakers. Yo, how me. good are the Kings? They're pretty good. They're, they're good? The Kings and the Jazz are the confusing teams to me. They're not supposed to be good. How's this happening? Yeah, but at least the Jazz are like still in like that play-in game territory. Like the, the Kings, Kings are legit good. Yeah, Kings are like a top four team no, in the Western right. Conference right pretty, now. Pretty impressive. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. What does? Should make we be sense? laying four and a half with 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 your Kings against the Lakers? Yeah, yeah, Lakers stink. All right. Here, here's what do, does make sense: saving money. Oh, I'm not going to say car insurance. Saving right. money at pregame.com. I mentioned that a three star NHL play that won. So if you got that at a discount. Congratulations. There's a UFC pay-per-view this weekend. You can use a discount to get AJ's UFC card if at 20% off. If you're new at pregame.com, you can get it for free because my UFC packages cost 25 bucks. And so if you sign up as a new member, you go, wow. The free $25 bet, yeah. Wow. That's an incredible deal. Now, I am going to be out of commission the next couple of days. Okay. You're quitting me. No, I would never. I think you kind of are. But I'm uh, I'm playing in a uh, national uh, softball tournament. Don't make fun of me. It's adult, slow-pitch softball. 
and it's really competitive. Okay. All right? And you're smiling. Like, you're looking at me like it's a joke. No, I'm not, not looking a at joke. you like it's a joke. Like, do you realize, like, I'm representing the state. I'm one of, like, the, I'm one of the best players that the state has. And okay. I'm and I'm and I'm I'm going across the country hey. and playing in a national tournament. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. This would be like if a regional fighter went traveled across the country to fight at the Apex and represented his state in like tough what, what is it called? The the, the ultimate fighter. Ultimate fighter. Okay. Kind of what it would be like doing. Okay. That's what my team's doing. So because I feel bad I'm leaving you guys for you know a couple days, here's what I'm gonna do. 20% off at pregame.com if you use the coupon code SOFTBALL20. SOFTBALL20, that's going to come out of my pockets. See, they're charging me Good. for the 20%. They should. You're, you're so, taking the days off. So 20% off. At, but here's the deal. I'm still going to be working. I'm are still, you? I'm still giving out NHL plays. Okay. But are you going to be locked in? Are you I'm always locked, locked in. Are you going to be locked in on your swing? My swing is always locked in. But, no, I will still be giving out my picks. So if you are a NHL subscriber, don't worry. Still got the hockey plays for you. We are up over 41, 42 units this year. I haven't done the uh, equation on last night's games, but uh, I think we're at 41 units up this year. Hit the three-star but lost uh, a two-star play last night. But still coming out ahead, positive units. And so uh, use 20% off on me. Softball 20 gets 20% off at pregame.com. That's for you. My favorite listeners of SOVAM. Even the listeners he doesn't really like. You no, can no, no, also no, no. get the deal. I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking about like my, like, I love the DreamPod listeners. Those guys are great. I love listeners of a lot of podcasts. But the SOV listeners, they're my favorite. But some of them you don't like very much, but they still get the deal, right? Well, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, new customers, old customers, they all get the same deal. Yeah, because like there's some guys who are like, Hey, Scott, uh, AJ's great. You You're suck. You're a dumbo. You suck. You're a bozo. So you hate those guys, but you'll still give them 20% I'll still off. give them 20% That's off. That's nice of you, man. That's how I know you're a real champ. Softball20 is the promo code. 20% off at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I am Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.